Hey there, this is Bo James, and on behalf of the Wix Church of the Nazarene, I just want to say thank you for joining us. I believe there is something for you in this message, and I pray that it will help you grow your faith. Enjoy. Oh my mercy, it's just one of those mornings, I tell you. Happy Pentecost. If nothing else, can we just feel the joy of the Lord today because we have the Holy Spirit in us. I don't have to pray for him to come. I don't have to ask him to come. He walked in with every believer this morning. We have the Holy Spirit. Turn with me to Second Chronicles, though, chapter 20. And you're like, but it's Pentecost. That's not where we go to Pentecost. Hang with me. You're going to see it. You're going to see it. So in Second Chronicles, just to give you a little history, we are looking at King Jehoshaphat. He is the son of King Asa, if you know any of your genealogy of the kings. Um, And that's what we'll be reading from. Now, back in the 19th century, the uh, printed word industry discovered that there was a problem starting to occur in America. It's kind of comical now when you look at where we have landed. But there was this problem with harsh language and too many swear words showing up in the printed word, right? And so the industry decided to try to curve that a little bit, and they began to remove harsh language out of writing, and they began to put in things like holy moly, gee willikers, right? Um, Heavens to Betsy, right? Have you ever heard those kind of little phrases that we know people use when they're startled or upset? I'll tell you one, and she's already left, but I know the Spate's going to know this. My family has stolen one from Shelly Spate. Good gracious granny. Like every time something happens in our family, we all say, good gracious granny. And it's because of Shelly Spate, because she says that. Another one that you may recognize is Jumpin' Jehoshaphat, right? And this one's kind of comical today, because Jehoshaphat was not known for his jumping skills. In fact, he was actually known for standing still. So it's ironic. A little history for Jehoshaphat. I said he's the son of Asa. He was about 35 years old when he became king. And he was what we will call a bright spot in Israelite history. Because you read very long in the Old Testament Israelite history, they didn't have it all together. In fact, most of the kings can be remembered for the bad things. But Jehoshaphat is one of those bright spots because he was trying to seek after God with everything that he did, right? And he actually had what you would call a religious revival. He was trying to bring the Israelites back to their worship of the true God. But even with all the good, one bad decision overshadowed everything he did. Because He made an alliance with King Ahab. So remember, the the Israelites are divided. There's the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. Jehoshaphat is the southern kingdom in Judah. Then you have the northern kingdom in Jerusalem. King Ahab. Does that ring a bell? Ahab and Jezebel. So he makes an alliance with them, and he actually has his son marry their daughter. Not a good choice. And honestly, after his reign, it's the worst choice because it winds up eradicating all the good he did for the Israelites. But he still sought God. 
with everything he had. In fact, even this move of joining the kingdoms together again, he thought was going to be a good thing. He thought he was bringing the kingdoms back. But later on, Ahab and Jehoshaphat, they go to war together, and then, you know, Ahab actually tries to get Jehoshaphat killed, but he, in fact, is the one that gets killed. And that's where we're picking up today, is Jehoshaphat in another battle. Chapter 20, verse 1. It says, After this, the armies of the Moabites, Ammonites, and some of the Munites, so all the mites, right, declared war on Jehoshaphat. And messengers came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army from Edom is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. They are already at the, and I'm just going to call it H-Town. And this was another name for Engedi. Now Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news and begged the Lord for guidance. He also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. So people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. So a vast army is approaching. This was a big deal, okay? This would be a big deal that he knew, I'm in trouble. Like all of these ites are coming at me. What do I do with this, Father? He was, in fact, it said in there he was terrified. You know, sometimes we think as Christians that it makes us less than when we're terrified. No, it doesn't. We just honestly see what is before us. And that's okay. Because it's what we do with that fear that makes the difference. And what did Jehoshaphat do? It said that he went to the Lord and begged for guidance. He begged for guidance. We talked about this Wednesday night of being so earnest and so uh, so caught up that we know the Lord is the only answer. And he begged for guidance. What is your first response when something terrifies you? Sometimes it's fight or flight, right? We're trying to figure out if we just need to run away. We just ignore things. You know, maybe you don't like to confront people. So if I just ignore it, it goes away, right? But I love Jehoshaphat. He, he says that it begged the Lord for guidance. And he ordered everyone to join him in that prayer. We're going to fast until the Lord tells us what to do about this. And I love that his people did not split indifference, right? They didn't, they didn't complain about, well, this is what happened because he, you know, joined kingdom. You know, they didn't talk about the, my side, your side, this is what we need to do. No, they joined in prayer. They came together as one and they joined in prayer. They were seeking the Lord. Now, I want you to listen carefully to his prayer. Verse 5, Jehoshaphat stood before the community of Judah and Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard at the temple of the Lord. And this is what he prayed. O Lord, God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven. You are ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. 
Oh, our God, did you not drive out those who lived in this land when your people, Israel, arrived? And did you not give this land forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? Your people settled here and built this temple to honor your name. They said, whenever we are faced with any calamity, such as war or plague or famine, we can come to stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honored. We can cry out to you to save us, and you will hear us and rescue us. And now see that the the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir are doing. You would not let our ancestors invade those nations when Israel left Egypt. So they went around them and did not destroy them. Now we see they reward us, for they have come to throw us out of your land, which you gave us as an inheritance. Oh, our God, won't you stop them? We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We do not know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. I want you to look at how he orders his prayer. Because the first thing he starts with is the very character of who God is. In other words, he's reminding the people in verse 6, we serve the mighty one true God. The one who gave us this land is who we serve. He praises God, reminds the people who it is they're praying to. Because you see, we live in a land today where people ask for prayers and they'll even say, you know, I don't know what you believe, so whoever you pray to, I'd appreciate your prayers. I don't want you to pray unless you're praying to the one true God because that's the only God that can do anything for me. Vague prayers do nothing. Prayers to the one true God is what moves the mountains. So he reminded his people who they're praying to. And then he reminds them, the second thing he says is, remember everything he's done. He brought the Israelites here. He gave them this land. This was your promise, Father. So don't let them come against us now. It kind of reminds me of this little thing we've started called an Ebenezer jar where sometimes we just have to remember, God, I know what you've already done. God, I know that I know what you said to me. God, I know what the promise was. God, I know what you have delivered me from before, and I believe that you can do it again. And then we get to look at this, and I I see these different um, initials in this jar, and I don't know what all of those rocks stand for, but I know what they are. And it was God showed up and did something in each of your lives. And I draw strength from that because I think if he can do it for them, he can do it for me. So that's the next thing that Jehoshaphat reminded them. Here's everything God did for us. He brought Israel to this land. And then he lays out a specific request of God, don't let them overtake us. Be specific in your prayers. 
I know, God already knows what we need. But be specific in your prayers. I think there's power in knowing that I can go to God with a specific prayer request. Not just general. I, I, I want him to hear, this is what is going on, Lord. I need you to show up here. And I love in verse 9, he gives us this little thing that says, we can cry out to you to save us. And what? You will hear us and rescue us. It is so important. If you, in the last six or seven weeks, however long we've been doing this series on prayer, if you learn nothing else, I hope you have learned to ingrain in your thought, God hears my prayers. And that's not dependent on the answer, by the way. Sometimes the answer may not be what we were hoping, but it's an answer. God hears our prayers. And I love how he ends this prayer, and it's with humility. And that is something we lack in this society so bad. Because we have been taught to be strong and be independent and, and be so sure of ourselves that we forget how to humble ourselves before the Lord. And that's exactly what Jehoshaphat did in verse 12. He says, Our God, won't you stop then? Listen to this. We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. Get this. We do not know what to do but we're looking for you to help. When's the last time you were truly humble before the Lord? Instead, we go to the Lord, and I always have the plan. Anybody else? I give God the plan. God, this is what's going on, and this is how you can fix it. <laughs> well, don't you think Jehoshaphat knew a little bit about war? He could have went and said, okay, God, look, these ites, they're coming at me, and this is what we need to do, right? That's how we pray. God, here's the problem. And I already know what will fix it. Can you just come along with me, Lord? Come along, right? But when's the last time that you've just stopped and said, God, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to fix this. And God, even though I may know how it can be fixed, I really don't know how to get to that point. God, will you guide me? Will you guide me and tell me what I need to do? I love this scene that we see here because in verse 13, it says, All the men of Judah stood before the Lord, listen to this, with their little ones, wives and children. So, so do you get that picture that as Jehoshaphat is standing above the crowd... The moms and the dads and the little Zoes who are peeking around are standing there and watching this and learning this. Church, we can recapture what it means to pray together. I honestly think we're doing a pretty good job of it. I love this. I love that we know as soon I don't know what Pat came up here for, 
But I just prayed for her because I know for her to drop that rock means there's something heavy on her heart today. And I love that. And so as we see this passage today, we can see as a church that we can reclaim what it looks like to pray together as a church body. And it's more important in the days we're living in right now to do that. Instead of letting everything separate us. Because we can be Democrats and we can be Republicans, we can be this and we can be that, and we can all have a different idea, but we can still come in this room together and pray as the children of God. We can still do that. And I believe that it is the enemy's tactic right now to try to keep that from happening. Because without prayer, we lose power. But let me go a little bit deeper. Because it said that the dads were standing there with all their little wins and the moms. So you have your whole family. Families, you can reclaim the power of family prayer. Your little ones need to see you pray. Daddies, when is the last time your family saw you pray for something other than the food that's fixing to pass over your gums? When's the last time you've gathered your family to pray? Mamas, is it so important that your kids, how will they remember you and your grandkids? Are they going to remember you as the one that when you're stressed out, you go to that cup of juice? Or do you go to prayer? Where do you find your comfort? Where do you find your answers? We've got to reclaim it, not just here, but in our homes. You have to be the head of the household for them to see. How are they going to know if they don't see it? It's easy for us to look at a young generation today and go, man, I don't know what's wrong with these kids. I do. We raised them. Oops. Us Gen Xers and Boomers, we raised them. And sometimes we do have to look in the mirror and go, what did I model before them? And unfortunately, even if we get right with the Lord, sometimes they still saw a lot before we did that. So give them a little grace. Remember where God found you, and he'll find our kids. I have such hope for the church of today. <laughs> I really, really do. So there is so much here in this passage for us to learn about. And you're saying, well, well, wait a minute. This is Pentecost, BJ. Do you even know what Pentecost is about? Yeah, it's about the Holy Spirit coming. It's about the Holy Spirit coming. It's about when Jesus ascended back into heaven. So when he goes back to the right hand of the Father, he told the disciples, I want you to wait here in Jerusalem. Jehoshaphat's in Jerusalem praying, right? In that same place, Jesus said, I want you to wait until the Spirit comes. And they did. And they sat and they prayed together. And they waited and they waited. Look at verse 14. Remember, all the families are standing there. Jehoshaphat is praying. The Spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. 
And his name was Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, son of Benaiah, son of Jael, son of Mattaniah, a Levite, who was a descendant of Asaph. And this is what he said. Listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Listen, King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours. But God's. Tomorrow, march out against them. You'll find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens into the wilderness of Jeruel. But you will not even need to fight. Take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. So as they were seeking, begging God for direction, the Spirit showed up. Just like on that day of Pentecost, and they were in that room, and they were praying, and they really didn't understand completely what they were waiting for, did they? They didn't understand the whole concept of what was fixing to happen and change everything change who they were? Do you know that's what happens when Jesus comes into your life? When you say yes to Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit comes and everything changes. Everybody's welcome to the table, but I promise if you eat at this table with Jesus, you're going to walk away different. You have to. It's how he works. He loves us just the way he finds us, but he doesn't leave us there. Amen, and aren't you glad? Man, I am. I am so glad. The question is, does God still work like this? Yeah. I believe he does. Now listen to me. I love this passage in Chronicles. I love it, and I love the thought of the battle is not mine, it's God's, and that is 100% true most of the time, right? Like, Sometimes the things we are fighting, if we would just let go and ask God, he would probably tell us, I'll fight this. And it's hard sometimes to do that. But here's the deal. The promise I'm giving you today is not that you're going to win every victory. Because I know you can sit here and tell me a story where you feel like you lost. Right? So the promise is not that you will win every victory because I want you to understand, we do have to be careful sometimes as we're reading God's word to understand that was a promise at that specific moment given. And so unless God completely speaks to you in a way that you are so sure, don't always claim it and think, God let me down. I read it this morning. BJ said victory was coming. Well, you need to discern whether that was your promise of the victory coming, right? But here's the promise you do have. When we wholeheartedly are seeking, when we are begging God to show up and give us guidance, He will. God has never failed me in the area of giving me guidance. Oh, but BJ, there was that time I prayed and He really didn't give me an answer. You know why? Because I think sometimes God says, you know what? Choose. Either choice you make is going to be okay. You want that job? Take that job. You want that job? Take that job. Because I'll use you wherever you go. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's really not a kingdom problem. 
Does that make sense? It's a my kingdom problem, but it's not a kingdom problem. But the promise I believe he does give us is just like Jehoshaphat, just just like the disciples, if I will wait on the Lord, if I will pray wholeheartedly begging for him to give me a guidance on something, he'll show up. He'll show up. Who was it the other night? Somebody said, God's never late. He's always on time. Was that you, Pat? Yeah. Only problem is, he's late according to my timing, right? It's like, ugh. it's like us trying to start the service this morning. I'm like, really, Lord? Now the, you know, keyboard's not, Lord, the, the movie stopped. We gotta go, <laughs> right? But that didn't stop our service. It didn't stop church this morning, Right? Remember how he prayed. He, he praised who God is. Sometimes we rush into prayer so fast if we would just slow us down. God, you are a good, good Father. And you've already done so much. Sometimes it's good for us to come drop these stones in to just remember what he's already done. Because that brings me more peace sometimes. Sometimes I come in here during the week when I'm just at a a struggle on something and I'll stand here and I'll remember a moment, something maybe that was similar or something that God just brought to mind that I go, you showed up there. And by the time I'm through thanking him for showing up in that place, I almost don't need to pray because it's like, I remember, he's the God who hears me. He's the God who shows up. And I know he will. I know he will. You know, just to give you an instance, you know, with the, the music stuff changing like it has, you know, several, several weeks ago as we began to talk about the change coming in music and I prayed about it and then I just told Diane, I said, honestly, God said, be patient and wait. And she didn't like that answer, by the way. I can tell by her her face sometimes when she's like, "Mm, we need more than that, right? I mean, that's what we were hoping for, right, Diane? We really, and that's the deal. When God gives guidance, we want the detailed plan. Who likes detailed plans? I like detailed plans. Yes. Okay, God, I'll wait. Wait till when, Lord? What's the date? Wait for what, Lord? What am I looking for? And all he said was, Wait. See, you sent that to me the other day, didn't you, Emily? He's like, I think you, and and it was because I was sitting at my desk, by the way, making plans on something. And so, as as the week started rolling on, you know, I just kept telling Don, I keep praying, I keep hearing, wait, I keep, Thursday night we had a beautiful meeting with a group of people that are gathering together to start our praise team as a group. And I want you to be in prayer over the next couple of weeks as all these individuals are coming together to practice and, and put all their talents together as we move forward with that music. And these were not people that I was seeking out, right? It was just something that one by one, by the way, people started saying, man, God is dealing with me. Okay. And it was a beautiful time together Thursday night. Diane's excited. I'm excited. And so in a couple of weeks, you're going to start to see what that looks like. And I just said, you said wait, Lord. 
And he's not late. He's right on time. And I'm so excited. God's Spirit will answer you. Well, what happened with Jehoshaphat, right? Like, he tells them, the battle's not yours. So what does Jehoshaphat do? He bows down, he, he gets to the floor on his face, and he, and he praises and worships, and the people all praise and worship with him. And so the next day, because remember, remember what the guy said. He said, hey, the Lord says, this is not your battle, this is my battle, says the Lord. And, and all. Now look, he still had, they still had to do something, right? Because they still had to go out. He said, but when you go out, you're just going to what? You're going to stand there and watch God do his thing. So let's look at the, the big battle plan that Jehoshaphat had, right? He goes out, he tells the people, believe in the Lord your God and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets and you will succeed. Now, after consulting all the people, verse 21, the king appointed singers. Singers? To walk ahead of the army. Really? I don't think they teach that in Top Gun, do they? Singing to the Lord and praising Him for His holy splendor. Hey, praise team, you going first in battle, just so you know. <laughs> I'll be behind you all the way. <laughs> but that was the battle plan. He went out praising God putting the singers first. And it goes on to tell us that at the very moment they lifted their voice in song, all them ites turned on each other. And when it was all said and done, they had destroyed one another and the Israelites just stood there. That's the God I serve. You know, there's something I've been praying about, and Thomas, I told him yesterday, I said, I'm seeing this little crack in something, and I said, you know what? I said, I think I'm just going to start praying that th this thing just implodes on itself. Like, it ain't something we have to fight. God will do the fighting. And as I was reading through this last night, it just sort of confirmed that thought of how I would pray over something, because I thought, there are times God says, it's my fight. Stand still, be quiet, stay off Facebook, and don't be talking about it. Just sing praises to the Lord and let Him fight your fight. Whatever that looks like. Stand with me this morning, church. We're going to close with our Ebenezer jar time. And um, if you want to come this morning to, to, just like Jehoshaphat, we serve a good, good God. We serve the God of the universe. I don't know if anybody got to see the, um, the meteorite shower stuff earlier in the week. I saw about four of them that night. It wasn't as grandioso as they said. But as I was sitting out there looking at all the stars waiting and watching, it just reminded me how awesome God is. That He hangs every star in the sky and keeps it there. That as this uh, falling star started happening, it made me realize that He protects us where we are, the things that could run into our little planet here, that God just shifts us just the right way. And you know what? He cares for you and I way more than those stars. You can trust Him. Jason, go ahead and start our song. Just as good.
And just remember today that whatever you're fighting today, bring that specific request to the Lord. Beg Him for guidance. And then listen for what the Spirit has for you. Because just like on that day of Pentecost, I promise He shows up. He is with us in a way that Old Testament can't understand. They were begging for Him to come down. We have Him inside of us. But we still have to quiet our ears sometimes to hear what God has. Come this morning. And if you don't want to do the Ebenezer jar, altars are open. If you if you need family to, to pray around you this morning, we will do that. And I think God is also pressing. This wasn't even a, a big part of my sermon, but God is pressing on my heart. Sing his praises. Before you see the answer. And you know what? Sometimes we don't want to sing out loud, do we? But he's saying, sing his praises. Lord, we thank you today. On a day of Pentecost, as we are reminded that the Holy Spirit is here. Lord, I know that there are so many prayer requests in this room and Lord, maybe online with us this morning. And I believe that you are a God that hears. Because I know you have brought us through so many trials, so many fires, so many heavy storms already. And God, I don't believe that you bring us through those things only to leave us. So whatever we are facing this morning. May we lay it at your feet. Lord, I, I beg of the Holy Spirit to speak individually to your believers this morning. That he will give guidance. He will remind them of things they already know. Sometimes we do have the answers. We just have not called upon it yet. So God, remind them of the things that they already know Jesus gave us. But God, if they need a new direction, give them that first step. And may we be content to wait for that guidance, that direction. And may we be content to just be still and let the Lord fight. We thank you today for all the things that, Lord, you have fought on our behalf that we know nothing about. Because I believe in the spiritual realm, there are things going on that, Lord, your angels are fighting for us. Lord, I thank you for those things unseen. I thank you for the answers we do see. And I thank you for the answers we will see. And all of God's people together said, Amen. Church family, go have a beautiful day with your family and friends and be a blessing to someone along the way. Have a great day. Hey, I hope you received exactly what you needed from that message. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, or you can always find us in person if you're in the area. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find us on Tithely, Thank you to those who support our church. I hope you will subscribe and join us on the next one. And remember, you are loved.